Welcome to the Facility Dude Podcast. Here's your hosts, Bob, Papa Dude Bittner, and Tony Butler. Welcome, everyone, to the Facility Dude Podcast. Um, I'm Grace Tester, and I'm here with Bob Bittner. I am filling in for Tony for the time being. Uh, Thanks for letting me be here again, Bob. Well, it's good to have you uh, along with me today, Grace. So what we'd like to do today is, I don't know how many of you are aware, but we have our annual conference coming up in Myrtle Beach. Um, It's for all types of people that work in facilities management, energy management, any kind of professional in that field. Um, And so what we wanted to do today was to share a little bit. Bob is one of our highlighted speakers um, at the conference this year, and he's got some really interesting topics um, that he's going to be sharing with us. So I thought we would do just a short interview, Bob, and and share a little bit about your class that you'll be teaching. Well, thank you, Grace. And, uh, you know, it's really snuck up on us this year. It's a little bit earlier this year than it was last year. And uh, just within a couple of weeks, we're going to be down there basking in the sun of Myrtle Beach. <laughs> Fingers crossed and, uh, for sun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're, uh, we're excited as a company to be there, and I'm really excited to be uh, there to be able to present again. And one of the things I'm going to present, one of the topics I'm going to present on is recovering uh, dollars after a disaster, uh, which I think is appropriate even for right now. Absolutely, it is. It is. Uh, you know, we've got a lot of things that are going on. We, a lot of times we think of these big uh, disasters as hurricanes and tornadoes, and obviously they are. But we have, uh, this winter, we have, have a lot of stuff going on with snow, a lot of heavy snow, yes. uh, particularly in the Northeast. But I was, uh, I was helping uh, recover from a disaster uh, last week, uh, not of a snow nature, but of an earthquake nature. Uh, huh. I went uh, uh, for my third trip to Haiti after uh, the earthquake in Haiti. Oh, wow. And uh, I'm really seeing a lot of improvements. Roads are be, uh, coming to be put back together. Uh, this time more than any others that I saw a lot of buildings, new buildings having been built, things are improving. But you know, one of the things that uh, they don't have in Haiti uh, that we have access to here a lot is a lot of good insurance and a lot of uh, government support. So when they lose something, whether it's through a fire or through an earthquake, some natural disaster, and they have hurricanes down there, they just have to suck it up and find resources and do it all over again. Sure, yeah. So that's a completely different ballgame from what we're used to here. It really is. And uh, so it takes a lot longer to recover and uh, put things back together. So there's a lot of, of support from outside people donations of kind and and people that are going there to to help and support and we have that a lot of times here in in the United States when I know when uh, uh, Hurricane Katrina came through I went was fortunate enough to be able to go down to Mississippi and uh, work down there for a week but a lot of a lot of a lot of labor uh, comes in when uh, a disaster happens people have uh, a kind heart, a good heart. They want Absolutely. to help out. And so there's there's things that as facility managers we need to be aware of even when we have volunteers come in. And we're going to talk in some great detail about this uh, in uh, one of my classes at DUDU about how to deal with volunteers when they come in, Yeah. how to make sure that they're uh, in a safe environment. You don't want anybody to get hurt. You don't want to create a, another disaster by somebody sure. getting hurt while they're on the site. But uh, I know that, and I just heard this this morning, uh, that Boston, uh, I think they're like six inches away from setting 
an all-time record for snow. <laughs> wow. And uh, they think that they're going to get that again this week. It does look like it. <laughs> and I saw some pictures. Uh, the cars were just just a very narrow path down the street, and cars were just covered with snow. You couldn't tell there were cars out there other than just this big piles of piles snow. Piles of snow. And, uh, but they said that Boston has spent over $100 million in snow removal wow. uh, this year so far. I mean, that's shocking, but at the same time, not shocking. I, I have a friend who lives in Boston, and just watching his social media account itself, and he basically tracks, like, how, takes pictures of the snow each day, and it's just been amazing to watch. And it, uh, everybody, they were kind of interviewing some people this morning, and they were saying that we're just over it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I thought it was, I thought it was interesting because some airlines tweeted out, that we're over it too. Absolutely. This is, we are, we're ready for this uh, to be, be through. But a lot of times, you know, we don't have control over that. Uh, we're presented with the situation, and a lot of times these disasters uh, uh, require a lot of effort, a lot of uh, resources, both people-wise, equipment-wise, uh, money-wise. It's hard on the equipment, and uh, but particularly from a financial standpoint because Boston is, is choosing to... Uh, open the streets and it's really not a choice that they are making a decision about. They have to get it open. They have sure. to have uh, be able to get through. Emergency vehicles need to get through. Fire and rescue, all kinds of things. So it's not an option to, to just leave it. And so that's on a lot of their minds right now. How do I get my facility ready? How do I prepare it? How do I continue to deal with this day after day after day. Right. In your experience, how does budget come into play with that? Do you ahead of time plan out a budget for snowstorms and for things ahead of time or how does that work? Things that are somewhat reoccurring, sure. certainly we uh, plan for those things. You put so, a certain amount of money aside for uh, salt and snow removal, plowing, all those kinds of things that a facility manager has to deal with. But we typically base that on previous years of experience. Sure. We really don't look at the, the farmer's almanac and say we're going to have <laughs> uh, 110 inches of snow this winter and anybody really uh, say that's really my budgeting tool. Right. <laughs> so we, we usually base it on what we have in the past. Okay. And then when there's an overreach, that money comes from somewhere. Sure. Because the snow's going to get dealt with. People Then there's other things that suffer because of that. Yeah. And that's the one of the things that really uh, is hard for a facility manager and city managers and those that are dealing with the finances. Where does that money come from? What programs do we cut? What do we minimize? And is there any opportunity for FEMA or for insurance companies to uh, get some reimbursement from that? Usually in a snowstorm, uh, insurance doesn't cover, but a lot of times FEMA will come in if it's uh, considered as a disaster, that then there's some federal funds that are available for that. Gotcha. We've talked about kind of preparing for, but when it comes down to it, in during a storm or during some kind of disaster that's happening, tell us a little bit about maybe what's going through the mind of a facility manager and what they're thinking about. Well, one of the things uh, is just dealing with the moment. Sure. And that's why good preparedness ahead of time uh, so there is a written plan. There's a plan that people practice. Uh, you'll even see here a lot of times before a storm, and we've had uh, a lot of snow here in North Carolina and ice here the last couple of weeks. I think uh, our kids were in school maybe two days in the last two weeks. Yeah. And But early in the year, you'll see uh, highway departments, you'll see facility managers. 
making sure their equipment's ready. What routes are they going to take? I know uh, when I was uh, with Wake County Public Schools, we had a map of each facility and what sidewalks and what uh, areas of the parking lot were cleared first. Right. And uh, to make a, a plan so it, when it happens, you're just not trying to design it on the, on the fly because there's a lot of things to be thinking about. But, you know, understanding what the plan is, having contracts in place for snow removal, for salt, if we run out, where do we go? Right. Where do we get it if we don't have enough? Are there other resources available to us? Because a lot of times uh, there are other resources available, but if you've not made arrangements ahead of time with contractors that have maybe front-end loaders or uh, trucks with plows on, what are you going to do? Because most of the time they've already made contracts with, with other people. So right. it's important to, uh, to have that, uh, those contracts in place ahead of time. Gotcha. You may not have the money to pay for it. You may not know where the money is going to come from. And usually those things are held uh, uh, in a time of an emergency that some of the rules and regulations, particularly in the, in the public arena, like schools and towns and, and uh, counties, uh, there's ways to deal with emergency funding, mm -hmm. but uh, that's just a matter of how you deal with the contract. It doesn't make more money appear. Sure, absolutely. And, and uh, But that is still on the mind of the facility manager. How is this going to impact my budget long term? Uh, if I go over my budget by uh, 100000 uh, a million, $100 million, that money has to come from somewhere. Uh, typically, uh, all those guys that are out there working aren't doing it at the goodness of their heart. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. When you're talking about the recovering part, so after the disaster has happened, what does that look like? What are, what are the steps for recovering those dollars after that's happened? So here again, uh, the pre-planning uh, really dictates a lot of effort on the back end. So if you understand and know kind of the documentation that either an insurance company or a uh, or the FEMA, the federal government, is going to ask for, yeah. you can prepare for that on the front end. Uh, you can be thinking about that. What we did is when we knew there was an event that was possible, uh, and sometimes it's not possible to do it ahead of time, but we had the process down. But if we had an event we would create what we call an event code, that okay. we would code all of our work tickets, all of our invoices to that work code, to that work event uh, that says, okay, at the, at the end of the day, we're keeping good records of everything we're doing along the way, along the process. Uh, there's no excuse not to do that. And if you do, you're really gonna have a problem at the end trying to reconstruct it all. But there's, there are, uh, particularly in big cities and even in uh, places where we're doing the uh, a lot of mass snow removal right now, they're bringing in dump trucks and hauling it away. Mm -hmm. they're, and they're getting dump trucks from anywhere and everywhere. Well, what is FEMA going to want to know when it's all done? If you're going, if the, your town or your city is going to get some refunds, your organization is going to get some refunds from FEMA about that, what are they going to want to know? I know when we had a, uh, a tornado come through Wake County here, and we had uh, got FEMA reimbursement. One of the things they wanted to know what was the tonnage of uh, the the trees that we took out. Oh, wow. We we counted it as truckloads, but they wanted to know what the tons were, how many tons we had, which we didn't have on the tickets we had, and so we had to spend quite a bit of time to reconstruct that. So I think again, just a, an example of some of the things that you need to know ahead of time sure. to make it a lot easier on the back end. Absolutely, absolutely. 
Well, we don't want to give away your entire class. We, <laughs> we don't want you to have to do the whole class here. But um, thanks for sharing a little bit about what you're going to be speaking about at Dude U. And I believe next week we're going to cover another one of your classes just yeah. to kind of get people ready. Yep, absolutely. And and again, I think uh, from from dealing with a disaster, one of the things that you can probably count on as a facility manager, it's not if you're going to have something go happen sometime, mm -hmm. it's when. When. Uh, it might be a different kind, of, obviously, probably in, in uh, southern Florida, they're not going to be dealing with 110 inches of snow. <laughs> but there's lots of other things that they're going to deal with from a disaster That would standpoint. be a disaster yeah, if they it, got snow. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> there wouldn't be any grapefruit uh, and orange juice for a long time if that happened. Absolutely. Well, thanks again for letting me be here. Um, and don't forget to check us out on iTunes and Stitcher. You can also email us directly, podcast at facilitydude.com. Um, Bob and I take a look at those and answer any questions. We'd love show ideas, so if you have any ideas of things you'd like to hear more about or to hear um, Bob and I talk about, please just let us know. And uh, thanks again. And if you uh, want to meet us when you're down at Dude You, yes. all you have to do is say, Where's Papa Dude? And uh, everybody knows, and uh, they'll get you in contact with me. I'd love to talk to you in person Absolutely. while you're there. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Facility Dude Podcast. We love to hear your feedback about the show. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes and help other facility operations professionals like yourself find the show. Email your questions or comments to podcast at facilitydude.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Facility Dude. We look forward to hearing from you.